Welcome inside another edition of the Postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and of course one of our favorite sponsors the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Brandon Piller alongside Laleem's Marsh. You can find him at Laleem's Marsh and merely a conduit of the streets and if you guys are watching the Postcast you know if you're seeing my mug and Martian's mug together it was likely a 5-2 loss, and that's how things ended today. The Vancouver Canucks hand the Ottawa Senators a 5-2 loss. Martian, you had boots on the ground. Give us your overall impressions of this one from the atmosphere at the CTC. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere was pretty good. Pilsy, over 16,000 in the building on a Thursday night, rainy night. I think, you know, like there was a good crowd in there. I think people were excited coming back off that, uh, you know, game last night against the Leafs. Yep. And what happens, Pilsy? They kind of lay a little bit of an egg, and and someone in particular is is laying an egg, and that for me was was Anton on Forsberg tonight. He couldn't make a save, Pilsy. Well, Martian, that was going to be my Sun Central standout tonight, but I guess <laughs> I, I shouldn't go in that direction. No, I'm obviously kidding. Not even I could spin zone that Anton Forsberg had a good night here. This might have been, I don't know, maybe people in the chat can let me know, but this might have been Forsberg's worst game ever like honestly it's so bad it, it might have been pilsy because you know you look at that first period and, and i know they were all quality chances i mean it's safe to say that i think right maybe the first one was less quality than the other two but i mean his three shots on goal that he faced in that first period both ross tweeted it out earlier first two shots ended up in the back of the net one of them yeah. was you know a semi breakaway where you know he gets tucked on between the legs and, and the third one was a, was a breakaway of its own that he ended up stopping. So three shots on goal, two against. Um, that's a terrible you know, save percentage in, in, when you're at that point in the game. And, it, and honestly, it didn't improve that much, Pilsy, because the Vancouver Canucks didn't have that many shots in this game. No, and that's the thing. Like Most of the time, I feel like when teams get a lot of goals on the Sens, at least I try to spin zone it and be like, hey, they kind of left the, the sends out to dry here. Like, you can't really blame the goalies. Look at the defense structure here. But, like, I I can't even do it this time, Marsh. And that was just uh, a brutal start. And you were at the game, so you didn't have to deal with this. But for everyone uh, watching on TV, or at least for me it happened, TSN was still running commercials. And then they all of a sudden flipped to the game, and there's, like, a whistle's being blown. I'm like, what's going on here? And then they showed the replay of Forsberg making the save, and you're like, oh, nice. He got a good save here. But then it's like, okay, no, that was a good oh, save. Yeah. But the reason they blew it down is because that glove's across the line. And I don't it, know what that was like in the arena, Marshall, because we missed the first couple seconds of that game, and the Canucks had four shots on goal in, like, 45 seconds. It, man, it was super confusing because, like, yeah. we all saw the save, and we're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Same thing as you. Great save there. I think that everybody thought that it was just a legitimate save. And then next thing you know, you know, they put on that James Bond music when it, when something's under review. Great touch there the by Sen. Yeah. Really nice touch. But then, all, you know, we're all like, well, why are they even reviewing this? Like, he clearly stopped that with his glove. And then they did show the replay in the arena. And to me, like, I was like, well, they called it, they didn't call it a goal on the ice. So it's like, okay, they need to have conclusive evidence to be able to turn that into a goal. I'm like, there's no way that's going to end up being a goal. And then what happens, it, it, it turns out to be a goal. And I, I don't know if it was different on TV pills, if there was an obvious view where they could see that the full puck was in the back of the net. But for me, I, I've never seen a goal really overturned when not the entire glove 
is in the net. Like to me, it looked like part of his glove was still outside the net. Um, he wears a white glove, so maybe there was contrast there that you could see um, in the in, you know on the TV screen. But yeah. CTC doesn't have the best um, you know jumbotron in the league. It's it's probably due for an update at this point. Uh, so we couldn't really see it in the arena. So everybody was shocked when that turned out to be a goal when we were in there. Um, yeah, kind of. Kind of. That awesome. was exactly it, Martian. Like the replay they were showing on TV, you could see that black puck and that white glove, and just like the kind of. The meshing was back behind and over the line. And normally you get those calls where it's like, okay, everyone that has common sense knows that puck is across the line. But if you can't see it, even the most common sense can't overturn it. But this was clearly, no, there's the puck. It's over the line, unfortunately. Oh, really? Okay, so I'm completely wrong on that, I guess. Well, you probably didn't get the replays that we got on TV. So we'll let you you slide on that one. But a really odd feeling for the Sens at that point in the game because it was so early, right? And it was like, oh, cool. Like, what happened? And then all of a sudden it's a goal and you're you're down one nothing so early. And, like, it just felt like, hate to say it, but it felt like a bit of a bad bounce, Uh, I think, like, in the building when you were there for that for that one to count just it just didn't feel right to me pills he didn't sit well no that's tough especially like that's how you're gonna go down to one of the hottest teams in the nhl 15 seconds in is when the goal is recorded and forzy kind of seemed very uh noodles talked about on the broadcast he's very nonchalant getting over there to make the save and then he kind of just like lets the puck go after it. it was just a weird play overall uh so you don't love to see that as Producer Ross pulls up the stats here. When you look at the shots, like like you mentioned, Martian, like this is a, a game where the Ottawa Senators didn't give up a whole lot. And uh, one of the people in the chat mentioning that a lot of the goals happened on high danger scoring chances, and the Vancouver Canucks were getting a lot of high danger scoring chances. But I mean, when you're basically doubling up a team on shots, like you got to be able to get better results. Well, I mean, like the Sens had their fair share of of scoring chances themselves that they did score on and then ones that they didn't score on, right? And, I mean, we could jump right into the the Batherson play. I I believe it was on the power play when he had that backhand chance. It pops right out to him, and he he just makes a – you know, he he tries to make it almost a little too pretty because he had the wide open net, um, and he he puts that one off the – I guess it was off the crossbar. Um, he, he's got to bury that one, Pilsy. For me, yeah. like, he's had too many early chances to not bear down on that and put it in the back of the net. You know, you'd think you'd be a lot hungrier to score that goal, um, which, you know, maybe that was the one that woke him up for a little later in the game when he when he ended up potting one, actually, um, which was a great move. But at the same time, Pilsy, like, that's one that's got to go in the back of the net, right? As, as far as early chances goes, uh, Drake Batherson gets a lot of them. And yeah. he hasn't really been coming through with them. And then this one here, he needed he needed that. We all needed that one. Um, and then the other the other big one, obviously, that we'll we'll talk about is the, the Kachuk one, where same kind of same kind of deal. You know, he had more time than I think he realized. He probably could have just two touched that one and easily buried it. And he just tried to get it off quick, and he, he missed. So um, those were the two for me where I'm like, that's the difference in the game combined with the goaltending. Like, hey, bounces didn't go our way again, boys. Yeah, don't we know that in November as Ottawa Senators fans? But yeah, I agree with you, Martian. Batheson has to have that opportunity. I feel like when he gets those grade A chances, he just holds on to it for a second too long. Like he's got the talent that he doesn't need to take that extra second. He's got the skill that he can get a shot off and and uh, get a better opportunity to score. But mind you, that's on the backhand. He hits the crossbar. 
kind of classic for Batherson in the first period, but he does make up for it. And I want to give Batherson some credit here on that goal that he scores. Like, finally, we're getting to see Batherson where he's able to strip a guy from a puck. Ross and I saw him do that plenty of times in Belleville and then create offense. And Martian, I don't know about you, but I thought he was going to mess this chance up again because he almost does. He slows back to do a bit of a toe drag and then bobbles it a little bit and then barely is able to tuck it under the crossbar for the goal. But if we're going to harp him for grade A chances that he misses, you got to give him credit when he's able to make a play on his own. There's no one even there and he strips the puck off Cole, sends legend Ian Cole, and (laughs) he's able to bury on the breakaway as well. So, that's yeah. that's kind of the Batheson experience, although mostly so far, Martian, he hasn't been able to put the buck in the back of the net very often. No, and you do have to give him credit for that one, Pilsy, because that was that was a sweet looking goal. And and we've seen him use that move before where he kind of fakes to the back end and quickly brings it back over the forehand to go high. And and I think Bobby Ryan was tweeting about it earlier today, too. Um, you know, that's just a, a silky move, and that's a that's kind of a goal scorer's goal. And let's be real. Like we, we need that from him, right? He's got to have more by now. We need, we need more finishing out of Drake Batherson right now. Uh, I just feel like, you know, with what he's doing on, on the defensive side of the puck, if he's not scoring, then he's, he's hurting the team more than he's helping the team. Right. Don't you agree? I mean, no, you can, big time. you can, you can look at the giveaway that he, you know, he had one tonight where it led directly to a goal yet again, where, you know, he's just being a little bit nonchalant, a little soft on the puck coughs it right up and and then next thing you know sends are sends are getting scored on so uh for me drake batherson if he's not scoring he better improve defensively because he's he's yeah. not a dog and I, i'm i'm you know you know a player when they're a dog they're going in there they're playing hard they're they're winning battles things like that i look at the you know the calgary flames game from a few nights ago where they they sat jonathan huberto for a full period I think when when a guy like you, you could have done honestly, I would have made a case that you know DJ could have done it to Timmy at the beginning of the game when he on the sec was it the second goal? I mean Timmy had a giveaway too that led directly to one. It might have been the first one. Um, yeah, but you know I, that's maybe not the guy you want to sit down. And obviously you think maybe you know you're hurting the team by doing that, but you also might get a response from other guys or from that player when you end up putting him back in. And the one thing a coach can do is is sit a guy on the bench. And say you're not doing it right now. You need to. You need to. You know, think about what how you've been playing, and then that guy's gonna be like, "What the heck? I want to be a part of this. Like, I want to. I want to help the team win. Sit him for a few shifts. Something that we never see um, from DJ. And obviously, he's he's getting a lot of um, you know love from. I don't know if you saw the Pierre LeBron article from earlier today in the Athletic. Um, you know, Steve Stales basically doubled down on the vote of confidence for DJ, saying we need to calm things down here. But you know, for me. The one thing he can do is is you know control ice time on these guys, and everybody's using the word accountability. And Pilsy, the lack of accountability for these giveaways is is it's honestly astounding. Like, I don't, I don't, it, you're not. It doesn't have to be a permanent thing, you know. Sit the guy down and calm him down, and and then and hope there's a response from it. Yeah, that is a good point, Martian. Like around the league, like I think even Johnny Goudreau's been benched. Like a lot of coaches are benching star players that aren't kind of meeting expectations and you don't really see dj smith do that like the only guy dj benches is like mark castlick and uh nicholas yeah. matting palo like guys that it, like it doesn't matter they're already not playing every other shift right a guy exactly. like yeah. too. and i hate to single him out because i you know i i i like the player usually 
Um, but at the same time, like he's a super well-liked guy in that room, right, Pilsy? And obviously DJ's got a soft spot for him, a couple of East Coasters, right? They like, you know, they got the love for each other. Um, and, and then so, you know, good time guy, that's the guy you can you can do that to. And everyone's gonna be like, oh crap, like where's Drake? Like Drake's not playing. Oh, why? Because he, you know, he's he's not doing the right things right now. And everybody knows he's a good player. Um, but that's a message you can send as a coach that just I needed to be sent a little bit more uh, from DJ and the coaching staff. We're at the point where these games actually are starting to mean a lot more and more as we go on through the season, especially with, with the record being what it is right now. You know, two games below 500. That's not perfect. Um, and they're going into Sweden soon. They they need to they need to win on Saturday. Yeah, that game up against Calgary is a big one because like if you lose that one. Uh, that makes it six straight home losses, and it hasn't been a lot of fun being at the CTC watching these guys. And we're gonna get to our standouts after a quick message from some of our friends, but it's scraping the bottom of a barrel. At at least for me, Martian, you got to hop on and you got the first standout, so the chat's gonna love you, and I, I don't think the chat's gonna love me too much, but that's all right, that's the duality of doing the postcast here. But Unfortunately, the Sens bus back to the Glebe Central Pub is not going to be as happy as it would have been if they drove all the way from Toronto back to Ottawa in last night's game. But the one thing about the Glebe Central Pub is you can always expect great food, great drinks, and great service. We love going to the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. They are the official sponsor of the postcast and they want to get Sens fans out to as many games as possible. Heck, they're even providing a bus to do it. And not only are they giving you the bus, but they're giving it to you at great value. $17 gets you a round trip to the arena from the pub. And then after the game, Sue brings you right back to the Glebe Central Pub. And it's <laughs> it's a great experience. Sue, Sue alone is worth the price of admission. If oh, yeah. Not. She's she's an absolute character, and she knows her way around. Anytime there's traffic, she's zipping through any side uh, avenues that she has to take. So don't just take our word for it, though. Check out the Gleep Central Pub Sends Bus yourself. Again, check out the website. Visit them at 779 Bank Street, the Gleep Central Pub. We are also brought to you by our friends over at Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital. From $5,000 to $1.5 million, Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you probably think. And we invite any entrepreneurs that are locked on Senators fans to learn more by calling at 203-675-0071 or check out the website parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. All right, we're back in the postcast here. 5-2 loss. To the Vancouver Canucks, Martian, how, how many 5-2 losses are you and I going to cover on our own? This is getting out of hand here. I I, I hope never again, Pilsy. This is it's getting it's getting tough for you and I. You know, it's not easy to do these games. It's 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 fine though, actually. You know, like there's stuff to talk about here. I, I feel like this team, yep. 
we're not dead yet. I think anyone who's like really panicking or, or anything like that, I think that that's that you need to calm down with that. In my opinion, I do think that I, I still am holding out hope that this team will be able to turn it around. Sweden's going to go one of two ways, right? It's like, it's either going to bring this team together. They're going to go on, take a little break. Maybe they all delete their social media. Like Brady said he did yeah. and they can go to Sweden and, you know, bond as a team and hopefully, you know, break off a couple W's and then come back feeling a little rejuvenated. But going on that big of a road trip um, is, is tough. It's tough to recover from. So um, it's going to be a really good test for this team because, I, I, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to do something here, Pilsy. Like, they're going to have to figure it out because time is slipping away and we're in November. Yeah, November. We all love it. And the thing with the Sweden trip, Martian, is the stretch – in between games where if you lose those games, you're stewing on those losses just makes things so much harder. Now, sure. There are some positives about the break injured guys coming back. Hopefully you get a healthier roster sooner rather than later. You get games in hand further down the stretch, but you also get a much more compacted schedule later on as well. Like the back to backs in March and in December are no joke. So this team's going to pay for it later. But it would be nice if they could take advantage of all this time, rest as a weapon, Guy Boucher style. But doesn't seem like that's been helping them so far here. But huge game up against Calgary this weekend. Yeah, like honestly, early in the season, I feel like having a busy schedule is more of an advantage, right? It's like w- later in the season, yeah. having these extra days off is great because a couple guys might be banged up, things like that. But I mean, we're, we're three or whatever, three weeks, four weeks into the season and nobody's everybody's chomping at the bit to play games. And when you have to sit there for four days, it's almost like you're starting all over again, right? Everything needs to be reset. Um, it's not it's not perfect, Billsy, for schedule, I, I feel like, for this team right now. They, they were probably super hungry coming in. And if they didn't have that break in between their, their fourth and fifth game, then I think they could have just kept the momentum going. But because they had that little break, it, it slowed them down. Um, it, it's it's not what you need. It's not, it's not, it's not good at all. <laughs> No. It's obviously not working for these guys. It's not great. It's not great. Um, let's get to our Sen Central standouts. Uh, I'm I'm doing this a, a little uh, nervously as people in the chat and yourself, Martian, not I just, too happy with my standout. And look, I'm not that happy about it either. Like, if anything, this is uh, obligatory honorable mention. I think there should be an asterisk there for me here because... I'm not standing, uh, puffing my chest out with this one. So, Martian, I think part of your outfit gives away your Sen Central standout, so we won't tease the citizens too much longer here. Yeah, I'll, I'll get started here, and it's Artem Zub for me, right? He's uh, he's he's coming back in, and he he missed he missed what was it six games, seven games, and the team had a terrible record without him. And he came in and he, uh, you know, he, he looked like himself, just right back to what he was doing, right? He's always um, blocking shots. He's always breaking up plays. He's a complete steady Eddie. And then just when you think he can't get any better, Pilsy, he ends up ripping one from the point. Lucky little deflection off a Vancouver yep. player. Um, and I, I've had the privilege of being in the building for a good amount of Artem Zub's goals. You really have been, yeah. I, I feel like I'm almost there half the time like if he scores at home i'm i'm usually there i i think i've been there for four of his goals which is a, just nice. a good number how many career goals does he have like maybe 10 anyway yeah, probably so, around 10 yeah 
Yeah. So uh, yet again, an experience that if you haven't had it yet as a Senators fan, it's worth going just to hope that he will get one because it's so fun when uh, the announcer for the Senators, John Trottier, yep. um, you know, says goal scored by number two, numero de Artem, and then he stops. And then everybody in the stands goes Zoob, and it's electric, Billy. It's so fun. Um, I love Zoob. So um, yeah, he had he had, he had a good little night, right? He had the goal. Yep. He had two shots. He had four hits. Twenty-one, twelve a uh, uh, time on ice. So um, for me, um, Artem Zoob. Thank goodness he's back. The team looked a lot better, I thought, with him. Um, but yet again, we can go back to the giveaways and the goaltending for the, being the reason they ended up losing tonight. So Artem Zoob, that'll be my standout. Yeah, I like it. I don't think anyone's going to argue. It's always nice when you come back from injury to plot a quick goal and be like, hey, boys, I'm back. Like, here I am. Get the Zoob chance going. There you go. Uh, my 10 Central standout is, oh, I'm, I'm on my own here. Okay. Is the only other goal scorer for the Ottawa Senators. And I'm going with Drake Batherson. Again, guys, I know I, I can already hear the booze. People throwing fruit at me here. Maybe people think this is a bit, but... There's like, tell me in the chat. You guys, let me know in the chat who you would pick over uh, Batherson here. Like, Pilsy, I just spent, I just spent five minutes ripping this guy. I know. Yeah, March. It's like, why isn't this guy getting benched? And I'm and I'm trying to stand out here. Look, th that goal was a really great play. You got to give it to him. There wasn't a whole lot of like highlight reel plays except Batherson hitting the crossbar and uh, Brady Kachuk missing a wide open net. So I wanted to highlight that goal first and foremost. Uh, that's more of the Batherson we want to see. Unfortunately, the rest of the game, as seems to be the case, I've mentioned before, sometimes in the first period, I'm looking at Drake Batherson and thinking, okay, this guy's having a nice game. And then the rest of the game goes on and it falls apart on him. But he does get seven, uh, seven shots on goal, decent Corsi. I thought it was... It could have been a better game. He kind of led to a couple goals against, unfortunately. But still, overall, I couldn't really think of any other players that really stood out or were worth mentioning in in my case other than the Art Zoop. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. There, there's pretty slim pickings tonight. But I just for me, I, it would have been impossible to pick him tonight just based on what I saw out there. Like, for me, he was – He's doing more bad than good. And it, you think about like the, the effect that him and Norris and I'll, I mean, I'll jump into Norris too. Cause he's, he's not, he's not getting away. Out, he's not getting out of this post postcast with a ripping of his own either. Cause that that's a guy who has been nothing but a perimeter player. And I, I, I mean, a perimeter player would at least play along the boards, but for me, Josh Norris is stuck in that area between the dot and the, and the, and the hash marks. He doesn't battle in the, in the corners either. And I'm talking about the effect that this these two guys are having right now on Brady Kachuk, and it's completely negative. Look at Kachuk's, Kachuk's production since he's been on the line with these guys. Goose eggs. Yeah. More or less, right? So, like, the, I mean, these two guys need to get going, and maybe that was the the theory there from DJ putting them, putting them with Kachuk, maybe hoping that Kachuk would get them engaged physically into these games. But both of them are playing like – like the old, you, you know, the old school um, stereotype that people used to have for like European players, you know, how like they, they you know, they just, you they, don't, they don't battle. <laughs> they don't, yeah. Like think about the way Don Cherry used to talk about like Euros. For me, like these guys are legitimately playing like that. Like they're not hitting anybody. They're not, you know, getting in there and winning pucks on their own. Drake had the one takeaway where he ended up scoring, right? Like, that's the one you can look at. 
That's all I did look at. <laughs> that's all I had. That's all you, that's all you had. Yeah. But both those guys are, are not creating enough of their own chances um, to be, you know, be getting the ice time that they're getting. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. So either of them, like, I'd be looking at those two. And if Norris isn't healthy, then what are you doing out there, man? Because you're not, you're not doing, you're not playing your game. And I, I talked about dogs earlier and like guys who get right in the mix. Norris used to be like that a lot of the time. Um, and he just kind of, he just kind of cooled it on it for me. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I'm sure it's a lot of hesitancy because of the shoulder issue. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's honestly a piss off to watch. It's tough to watch. Cause it's like, I watch Norris a lot. I, I used to, I mean, I, I still do. I love the way he skates. He's zipping side to side, getting open, things like that, that, that make him a, you know, a good goal scorer, but he has zero shots on goal tonight too. Pilsy. Like if you're not shooting the puck, Josh, what are you doing out there? Especially as a shoot first center and a guy that can really rip it. Like I always say, I love Josh Norris coming down the wing. He's the kind of guy that can just beat a goalie clean with a nice wrister. And he doesn't seem to do that much to the dismay of producer Ross Levitan, who's Levy Locke was Josh Norris, two plus shots, zero shots. Unfortunately, on that. I, I had a bet with Josh Norris shots over 2.5 as well. So I feel you, Ross. Yeah. Uh, I mean, put me in the pit of losers with you guys. Pillsy's parlay of the day. The only leg that didn't hit was Quinn Hughes' shots, and he had zero shots. My other uh, legs, yeah, you'll see here, over five and a half. Love it. Canucks plus one and a half. Yeah, that one hit. We know that. Uh, and Hughes, not enough shots here. So that's tough. Yeah, mm -hmm. and with the Sin Central standouts, I I also I didn't want to put Spartacat or I didn't want to do Sens fans or make a joke of it. So, you know, I went with Baths and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. He was the only other goal scorer in this game. Yeah. I mean, Martian. you could have just gone with Matthew Highmore, even though he didn't shoot on that open cage when uh, when DeSmith went out of his way to play the puck and then lost it. And Highmore had it. He should have just shot that thing from across the blue line. He would have scored. If he I know. He fanned yeah. on it. That's and, then he, and then he fanned on a second chance where DeSmith overcompensated for sliding yeah. it in the net. And then he had another open net, and he whiffed on that one too. Um, but I didn't, th I didn't think he had that bad of a game. And if you looked at the chart that Ross had uh, thrown up there earlier – um, according to the you know the analytics people, he played you know the best out of all senators. Uh, not that one, Ross, but thanks. <laughs> the the blue left right numbers uh, to get really specific with it. That I think that's the one you were referring to, Martian. Uh, yeah. What did you consider taking Forsberg out of this game, Martian? Is was that something that occurred to you in the second intermission, or was that kind of a, a vibe around the arena, or what were you thinking about that? Uh, no, but I don't, I, I didn't really consider that. Um, cause if it's going to be Corpus Allo's night off, it should be his night off. But I almost think they, they should have just started Corpus Allo, uh, in hindsight, right? Like yeah, he's, probably, back to back. he's playing well, he would have stopped a few of those. I think, especially those first period shots. I think he would have had one of those and, um, it would have just probably changed the script of the game. I think if they would have, would have continued going with Corpus Allo again, it's been a, really light schedule right bills he like it's not like he he didn't just have four nights in a row off True. you know he just he just he just played one game after four days off so put him in there for the next one he's looking good um that's a guy i feel like the more reps the better um so and, and he, i mean forsberg has been playing okay this year i think he did get pulled the one time there i, I think it was the, maybe the detroit game um but other than that like I, why wouldn't you just keep Corpus Allo rolling. 
because it's not like he's tired after playing just one game. I know it's a back. I, I like going going back to back switching goalies uh, just because also like if you're Forsberg and they don't go to you after a back to back, that's really sending a message like, hey, we really don't want to use you. Which hey, might well, be now, he's cold, but. Well, now what's going to happen? Whose net is it now? It's 100% Corpusella's net now. Oh, there's no I mean, question you give Calgary to Corpusella. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but as far as pulling him in the third, it didn't really occur to me, but I don't think anybody in the building thought that, that Forsberg was playing well. No, it was a tough night. And, like, that's the frustrating thing is I think Martian also, like – the whole idea of bringing Corpusallo in was to have a solid tandem, right? And if you're going to have a solid tandem, you got to give the one B goalie enough games that he feels like he's in the mix. And I think that's what they're trying to do with Forsberg, but yeah, it's not just, it's not working for him. Yeah, I just feel like just with the schedule, the way the schedule is working right now, with the you know it being so kind of stretched out over these weeks, it's like it feels like it's only like two games a week, three games a week. Never four, but when you get into the heavier part of the schedule, for sure it will be more of a one A one B situation. Um, but you got to hope. Otherwise, like if if Forsberg can't bounce back on his next start, then like you you have no ability to trust him anymore. Almost, so you almost got to just ride Corpusalo until he he flounders or needs a break. Where where do you think this game fell apart, Martian? Because like for for the most part, like Sens are, can, huh? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll uh, I'll flower it up a little for you. For the most part, like the Senators were controlling the puck a lot of time. There were stretches where the Vancouver Canucks just aren't getting anything towards the net. Sure, they might have had the Sens hemmed in their own zone, but the Sens' defensive structure was doing a good job of keeping them wide. And Quinn Hughes was skating around like a madman, but he didn't get any shots off. So that's mm-hmm. something where you're looking at this Ottawa Senators team and you're like, if you're doing a good job holding uh, offensive powerhouse like the Canucks to a limited amount of shots, like the, these guys have multiple guys in the top 10 in points in the league and you're holding them shotless in Quinn Hughes' case, that is. Like, where did this fall apart for them? For me, it, it, it was one of those goals that y- you and Ross talk about a lot where it's a you know end of the period type situation. Um, I, I believe it was the end of the period. Uh, J- JT Miller's goal at the end of the yeah. second, right? Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was like about a minute and a little bit left, I believe, um, on that one. And, yeah, so that was the one. I mean, he, that was another sh- like kind of shot from a range that I think Forsberg maybe would have wanted back. It was a great shot. Um, but that JT Miller goal was, was the one for me where I was like, they're screwed. Because going into the third tide would have been fantastic. Yeah, um, but you know, being one down and, and the way Vancouver's playing, and then of course again, like you know, they come out and uh, halfway through the period, Mikheyev basically breaks the game open. It's, it's it's a done deal at that point. But as soon as JT Miller scored that goal, I just I had a, just a, a bad gut feeling about where this one was going because you could just tell that the sense kind of sunk a little bit after that one. Yeah, and that like it's been so frustrating watching this team march and the. The goals that opponents are getting right off the face-off on the power plays, that's so demoralizing. Like, Jacob Chikrin, say what you want, sure. That's not a great penalty call by the ref. It's a stick lift, and Garland's own stick hits himself in the head. And you can't really blame Garland either. Like, if you get whacked in the head with a stick like that, you're not – 
you don't have the time to think, okay, that was my stick, not his, and yeah. I, I shouldn't react. Like it's hitting you in the head. You're gonna you're gonna knock your head back like that. So they're gonna call that. And on the broadcast, you could hear Chikrin just screaming f bombs. I mean, that must have been loud in the arena. Yeah, and like I mean, well, it was loud in the it's arena as well. The fans started yelling "ref, you suck" too. Like the <laughs> that was a very loud "ref, you suck" chant. But like I mean, kind of did suck. Like that's not a penalty technically. Right, you, you can stick lift a guy all you want. If he hits himself in the face with his own stick, that's not a penalty. Um, so they, they should have not called it. Um, I don't know what the replay looked like to you, but like for me, it was like it was kind of bang bang, but like it didn't look like Chicker and high sticked him to me. Like he wasn't that close. No, it was a stick lift. Yeah, he Chicker yeah. lifted Garland's stick and then Garland. Didn't really have a good hold yeah. on it, so his own stick hit him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So like the ref making that call has got to know what happened there. Like you're right there. You're like you got to be sure if you're going to be making that call, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, that just puts it away. Five seconds later, uh, the face off yeah. is won, and Hughes to Pedersen, and that's a one timer Forsberg doesn't even have a chance on. So that that's the five two goal. That's the the last nail in the coffin for the Ottawa Senators here. And unfortunately, they're not able to get it done up against the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks stay hot. The Ottawa Senators have now lost five straight games at the CTC. Martian, any final thoughts after this game? Yeah, they got to win on Saturday. Then now that's the facts. Like if they don't win on Saturday, things are going to get really scary. Um, I, I honestly, I, you can you can blame it on a bunch of different things, but I think this whole fan base is is, is fed up with any kind of excuse at this point. Uh, it doesn't matter if they have three guys on the back end who are out, maybe two now. I guess who just came back, but um, it doesn't matter if they're missing you know two young great centers with with Pinto and and, and Greg. They they got to win games, Pilsy. They just need to find a way to win games, and they're just failing to do it time after time here. And um, so for me, this this game here. It was uh, it was nice to be in the building, but I, I might I might hesitate next time I go to pull the trigger on a ticket. Yeah, and that's tough. And after the Calgary game, you won't get that opportunity for quite some time. Even though the games in Sweden are labeled as home games, as Noodle said on our show, that's not their home, and those really are not going to be home games. Although a lot of Sense fans are going to uh, the games in Sweden, which is awesome. Hopefully, yeah. the Ottawa Senators can change their fortunes there. But it wasn't the trip to Sweden that is the curse. It's, it's what happens when they return that has Sens fans nervous. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, yeah. I, I I don't want to label it a must win on Saturday, Martian. No, you should. I, of, I, think, I, think it, I think it's warranted this time. The set, I'm pretty sure the Sens are now one and four in games that Ross and I have labeled must wins. And it's, we're, oh, no. we're in the 12th game of the season here. Uh, so I don't want to do that. At least that, we know but... Ross will be there for the postcast, so they're not they're not going to get smoked. Yeah, that's the thing. We're going to have to start adjusting. FanDuel is going to have to start adjusting the odds on Sens opponent money line if they get word that Pilsy and Martian are the only two on the postcast after because it's pretty much a guaranteed 5-2 loss. So, <laughs> yeah, but, I, We're going to have to start betting accordingly because then I, I got rinsed tonight. But hey, I was I, excited. I was excited. I had high hopes. It was disappointing. Yeah, at high hopes for sure. Classic. Uh, as Kara says, get your panic button out, Pilsy. 
the panic button is it's I I know where that thing is. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Kara, I feel you, but we're not there yet. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um thank you to everyone that joined us here in the postcast. You guys know we do the postcast, we're grinding whether the Sens win 6-3 or lose 5-2, we vibe or we vent. Marsha and I seem to be a lot doing a lot of venting, but it's a lot better to vent when you're with 200 of your closest friends. So thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you all. For myself, Brandon Piller, for the Leams Martian, for producer Ross working the board here, we thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Locked On Senators podcast, postcast edition, brought to you by our good friends at the Glebe Central Pub. Another episode of the Locked On Senators podcast coming at you tomorrow. You guys know how it is. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, hit the like button for us. And guys, let's throw a couple go sends goes in the chat here as we exit here. Thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. Brandon Pillar, Lillian's Martian, have a good night. Go, sends, go. The Locked On Senators podcast, it's your team every day.